You're listening to What's the Rumpus? Shh. Geeks in progress. Our webpage is whatstherumpuspodcast.com where you can listen to episodes or join in the off-air discussion in the forums. Our theme music is Better Nation by Curious Hands, which can be found at podsafeaudio.com. Submit and vote for stories at whatstherumpus.reddit.com. That's R-E-D-D-I-T dot com. Welcome to another episode of What's the Rumpus. I'm Adrian Hanna. I'm Colin Meese. I'm Charles Thomas. Dramatic pause for effect. Yeah, I am super out of it. I'm still getting over my cold, and I got my mind hole blown by this season's do- episodes of Doctor Who that I just finished watching, and uh, uh, I can't stop thinking about Thrilling Adventure Hour tonight, which is going to be awesome. Word. <laughs> I just ate a million pounds of sushi. Sweet. Seems so, like a bad call. So, food coma. Yeah. Also, mercury poisoning. Yes, that too. <laughs> So if I start having a stroke on air, you know why. Mm. Is having a stroke... Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's something completely different. Having a stroke and having a wank aren't, the sy- aren't synonyms, are they? <laughs> Not in this context. Get your mind out the bu- out the gutter there, buddy. Just go taper. <laughs> that's what she's... I'm pouring a drink! I'm pouring a drink! Uh, oh, man. The blink one is going to work with this if this, then that. Nice. That makes me super happy in my pants. <laughs> Not the in-your-pants part. That's not exciting to me. <laughs> well, that's only because you haven't been in my pants yet. <laughs> this is true. There was that one time at band camp, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> what happens at band camp stays at band camp? Until you're, like, 30. All right. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, I've been I've been uh, checking Paul F. Tompkins' Twitter all day because he's been tweeting from the uh, Bell House, which is where they're doing the recording tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just posted, quote, oof, not my best work, end quote, the guy who wrote this coming back sober for, on another night. And it's a picture. And it, it's a picture of ba- gra- bathroom graffiti from the venue. It's, the graffiti says 9-11 was an inside Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, so first story, Neil Young reveals Pono Music Player, promises the best sound anyone can get. So uh, basically what this thing is, is it's kind of like a, like an, like an uh, MP3 player, like an iPod or something, but it's using much, much better uh, quality audio. Um, Basically what they're trying to do is make it so that you can load it up with uh, essentially the masters of all of these recordings so that, that you don't lose anything going to this digital format um this makes me super happy yeah so uh uh flea from the red hot chili peppers got uh to demo it or got got to listen to it in uh in neil young's car which sounds kind of creepy but uh hey little kid why don't you check out my lossless music format um, but he said it's not like some vague thing that you need dog's ears here. It's a drastic difference, which is kind of cool because, I mean, most of the time when I hear about things like this, it's like, oh, whatever. This is something that only people like like super crazy audiophiles w- would care about. Okay, but if it, me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it, it's good to know that this is actually something that that there's actually gonna it it will actually make a difference in the sound. Now, granted, this is probably gonna come out and cost a bajillion dollars. Yeah, but so this know. is a this is a music service that you subscribe to. And it's then you a, play with it's the a service. It's a service and a player. Yeah, so you get you get you get the player. You get access to their uh, their download store, and then you can download kickass digital copies of kickass songs that sound like analog recordings. 
Yeah, this makes me really happy because I I want to listen to really high quality audio, but I don't have a place to store stuff and I mostly listen to music when I'm on the move. So it's completely impractical to listen to high quality music most of the time for me. Um, so the fact that I can, I, I'm, I'm assuming that this thing uh, allows downloads and then loads onto the music player and it's not just only streaming, uh, which right. means that, you know, yes. I can, <clears throat> I can dump music to this just like I could to an iPod or something and put it in my pocket and have awesome sounding audio everywhere I go, not just, you know, at home in front of my million dollar stereo. Right. This is a huge step in the right direction that they're actually offering lossless downloads um, yeah. and streaming because I've been looking for this. I've been looking for a service like that for like two years now because just nobody does it. Right. Well, right. the problem is that it's way too expensive for hosting Yeah. and for storage and for ever. Well, not storage so much, but it's just significantly more expensive to have than normal mp3s and then on top of that most people don't care enough to listen to good quality which is really a shame Damn it's, yeah, I remember we talked about a story not too long ago that kids um, who grew up listening to MP3s first listen to good co- copies of stuff and they don't like the way it sounds. Yeah, it's because there's they because they listen to MP3 first, they think that that's how it's supposed to sound, and so the richness of a proper stereo sounds foreign to them. It's, so I don't I don't know how much impact this is going to have on the youths, but uh, <laughs> uh, for there is a there is a subset of people who listen to digital music that will be extremely happy about this. Yeah. I'm curious to see how long it'll last, though, because it's either going to have to be insanely expensive or it's not going to be profitable. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I thought was interesting in the interview on uh, The Late Show with David Letterman, he talked about how uh, the this was uh, you were also going to be able to like upload music that you already have that it, that is lossy and uh, and there's going to be some kind of crazy ass conversion algorithm built into the thing that that will do its best to to uh, uh, get rid of that lossy sound that's, with that's it. Really dumb. That, what, they, yeah. what they should do is what Apple's doing, which is you upload the song to prove that you own it, and then they just give you the good copy. Right. Exactly. Whenever, you, whenever you try and upconvert something, it becomes worse than the it's original. Bad. Um, but if they, if like, if uploading it is really just proving that you have the song, and then they just give you their version of the song, that would be way better. Agreed. Totally. I actually subscribed to Apple's service for that, and it's really fucking nice because I had some old music and like, uh, what was it? I think like 128k, and it was just utterly terrible. Yeah. Um, and they they give it to you, they give it to you at 256, which is difficult to hear. The difference between like 256, 320, and lossless is, is pretty damn hard to hear, mm-hmm. even on a kick-ass stereo. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I also I just want to point out that Pono is Hawaiian for righteous. <laughs> That makes he, me happy. <laughs> is he powered by Jesus? Must be. They have they have Jesus on a treadmill in the back, and it and it powers their whole service. Awesome sauce. That seems like it would be a little too expensive. <laughs> what Jesus works for free. So moving on, a Tesla Model S getting first ever over the air car firmware upgrade next week, and that is a phrase I never ever thought I would ever have to utter. Yeah, and it's terrifying. Yeah, firm like updating firmware is like the scariest thing you can do in the computing world, and doing it to a fucking car, like you know, they forget a semicolon, and all of a sudden your brake makes you accelerate. Yeah, can you brick your car? <laughs> also a terrifying possibility. <laughs> Also, it's only a matter of time before homebrewers are trying to install their own firmware on their car so that they can, you know, so the to remove the governor or something insane. That's just right. scary. Yeah. 
Well, as it stands, uh, what's going on now with the whopping hundred owners of the uh, Model S Tesla? Uh, they are getting alerts via an alarm clock icon on their uh, on the touch screen in the car, letting allowing them to schedule this uh, this update at, at at their leisure. And then uh, basically, what happens is then you you schedule it, you park your car at that time, and then uh, over the next two hours, it goes through and does the uh, the firmware upgrade, and then poof. You've got uh, tweaks to the monitor and music system behavior when doors are open, uh, but mostly it's a recalibration of the uh, the rated range on on the car, which up until recently had been classified at 300 miles, but uh, the EPA just re re rated it at 265 miles. Wait, what does that mean? That means that that you can uh, on a fully charged battery you can go 265 miles. Oh, so before it's you like need adjusting the, the fuel meter to tell you to recharge sooner. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That also points out a flaw with electric cars, which is that batteries degrade over time, which means that after a certain amount of time, you have to replace the battery system in your car, which well, right now is what makes electric cars so insanely expensive. So but it's either, not either they got it wrong the last time and they lost 35 miles that they that they thought they had or the batteries have already severely degraded. Well, te- well no, it's yeah. it's neither, actually, because the car generally gets uh, somewhere over 300 miles. It's just that according to the EPA, standards that it should have been 265 from the get-go. Okay, so I'm completely lost. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, it's the EPA. It, it the the car can actually can legitimately get over 300 miles before it actually dies. Um, but the EPA is is now saying that it should it should have and it should have always had uh, a rating of 265 miles, meaning meaning that the uh, that the your gas gauge or the equivalent says at 265 miles it says, oh no, you're out of power. You're gonna you're at on E. You've got to go recharge like right now even though you can still go another 35 miles or so before it actually dies how long does it take to charge one of those things do you know um it generally takes like six hours um but they they just recently came out with the uh the express or hyper speed superchargers or whatever they're called um that that can charge the car in 30 minutes okay how yeah. to what capacity uh to uh, like I, 90 or something yeah because usually rapid best. charge batteries can can charge to like somewhere between 75 and 95% in like a fraction of the time and then to actually fully charge takes like multiple times longer. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm just I'm just imagining 300 miles is only like half the distance from where I went to school to where I live where my parents lived. So a, 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 having a Tesla would make it a two-day trip if it took six hours to charge the battery. Right. Well, and that's uh, uh, Tesla actually put out their, I, I don't remember what they called it but they, they, they just uh, uh, announced that they're pushing out these these supercharging stations um, all over uh, certain highways in uh, around California. So basically making it so that you can drive from San Francisco to LA or San Francisco to Las Vegas uh, or uh, there's a couple other places that they're basically trying to get it so that you can do it in one go or you know you stop every once in a while, charge for 30 minutes and then go again. Right. Um, and they're trying to push that out. And, and as it stands right now, uh, well the way they said the way they worded it is it's it's basically free uh, to use for all Model S owners, uh, and then everybody who owns a Tesla uh, gets it for free for now. Uh, and then it's but it's not like a compatible charger like dock for any other car mm. yet. That's interesting. It's also th- these are solar powered too, right? I don't know. I don't think they are. I think that they are. Uh, not that like. 
Uh, yeah, it's solar. Yeah, it's solar powered, which raises an interesting question. Like, if eventually, if we're all going to have electric cars and the gas stations are solar powered, are we going to like have to pay to fill up? Right. I guess there would probably be a small charging fee just to use the station, but like the problem with gas is that you are paying for the pumping it out of the ground and shipping it. But if it's just a matter of putting up a panel, then I guess they would charge enough in order to cover the initial startup cost and then and any maintenance, and then fees, maintenance fees and and yeah. like janitor fees and that's about it yep that's interesting yes indeed I, I i would be interested to see uh what comes out of this but uh i don't know how how well this is gonna come over or and how long it's gonna gonna last yeah um i would imagine it's gonna be really expensive for tesla to build all these things yeah but i guess uh it's interesting that they're making the effort because the biggest problem with new fuel systems is the infrastructure and if they're willing to put out the infrastructure then it's incentive to buy a tesla which makes it likely that they could recoup some of their expenses I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's certainly the whole concept is definitely interesting. Yes, indeed. Moving on. Teenage Engineering says print your own accessories. Should more companies open source their parts? So a company called Teenage Engineering. I open source uh, my part. Anybody can have it. All they have to do is ask. Uh, so they make this, they make something called the OP1, uh, and, uh, they... OP1 Kenobi? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they make this, this thing, and, uh, if you wanna, uh, buy accessories for it, it's really expensive, because the, the shipping costs are so high, because they can't find any good delivery service for small items, so they end up paying an arm and a leg to ship it to you, so then that gets passed on to you as the consumer. So recently what they did is they said, down and said, hey, you know what? If you're willing to do this, uh, we're just going to throw all the CAD files out on our webpage, and you can download them and print your own parts. Uh, and what this what this does is it makes it so that uh, they don't have to, or they they don't have to uh, keep a- around as many replacement parts as they would have before, because people are ostensibly going to be 3D printing their own. Um, and uh, um, it also means that uh, that you could uh, use the the these uh these CAD files and and create your own custom parts for whatever the OP1 is or whatever any company that puts out these CAD files for which is interesting this is awesome i um the the idea that first of all the idea that the company was like look here's all the information you need is awesome but then yeah. the ability to just print replacement parts this seems like the way things are going to go with plasticky stuff like you know oh my kid's toy broke and it's missing this piece oh well here's the thing just you know pop it into your um uh, replicator is that the word I'm looking for? Pop. Uh, Download the plans into your replicator, and then you get you print your own, and then you know fix the toy yep. instead of buying a brand new one, which has been the, like the biggest problem with most of consumer goods in the last you know 30 years is has been more and more plastic parts that break easily and makes you have to re- buy a brand new thing because they don't make the plastic parts available because right. it's not cost effective. But if you can just print your own, then even if companies don't give you the schematics, it's only a matter of time before somebody figures out what they are and you can find the plans anyway yep 
I, I think we've talked about uh, this this whole generic topic before. Um, and one of the things that I really really like about about this whole situation is um, the idea that that you could potentially um, it, you know like Amazon has a bunch of distribution centers all over the world, so that when you buy something, uh, they can ship it to you from whatever wherever is closest to them. Uh, but I what I like the idea of is you set up your distribu- distribution center, and then instead of warehousing a shitload of items in that warehouse, you just have a 3D printer or whatever in in the in the distribution center, and as soon as you order something, it starts printing out your order. Yeah, and ships it to you. That's really cool. Which- but yeah, I definitely think that this is a cool idea to just open source uh, all of this these accessories for their their main product, which is a synthesizer, I guess. Um, so you can you can make you can uh, print out all of these replacement parts uh, easily by yourself if you have a three D printer. And three D printers are now they're getting to a point where they are where the commercial versions are relatively I don't want to say cheap, but they're relatively. Uh, they're they're within they're they're within consumer uh, realms of uh, of expense. So it's not it's not uneconomical for somebody to say, hey, you know what? I think I can, I'm going to go buy myself a 3D printer. And you, you know, as long as you're willing to drop, you know, like I think it's in the eight to nine thousand dollar range for some of the re- more reasonable ones. Yeah, and so, if you if you're willing to spend some time, you know, you can buy like sub thousand dollar ones and build them like yeah. kits to build. Rather, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And moving on, the Not Found Project is uh, making an effort to help make people more aware of missing children and missing child alerts using web pages 404 error pages. This is such a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's it's basically the equivalent of the milk, the digital equivalent of the milk carton. Yep. So a 404 page, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a special error code that means that the the thing that you're looking for doesn't exist. So like if if you went to a web page and you had a bookmark for some specific page and for whatever reason that page got deleted, then when you click the bookmark, you would end up with a 404 error saying this page doesn't exist. Uh, we don't know what it is you're looking for. Or in other words, it's missing. And so taking the concept of a missing web page and applying it to notifications for, you know, a, an alert for missing children is just a brilliant idea. Definitely. I Yeah, um, I was thinking about this earlier and uh, I think the only thing I've ever seen other than like a standard 404 error is somebody putting like a funny picture on the 404 page. Right. And and this is a, such a better use right. of that. Yeah, definitely. I wonder what else we could come up with that uh, you could use other error code pages for. I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose you could do some sort of anti-child porn thing on a 503 error, which is uh, resource <laughs> forbidden. <laughs> But that's this resource is forbidden, yeah. and so is doing this to a child. Yeah. This resource is forbidden for at least the next twelve years. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> And the French government has decided to push more for the adoption of free software. Man, it's not very often that I'm happy about something the French government does, but I'm definitely on board with this. It's true. So uh, the plan that, that has been proposed is to use more free software, um, including LibreOffice instead of Microsoft Office and uh, PostgreSQL instead of Oracle. Uh, which then what they want what they want to do is with all of the money that they save by not having to pay for licensing for these uh, these products anymore. They want to do things like uh, reinvest 5 to 10% of it into uh, supporting 
the development of free software. Oh, that's cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so instead of paying a million dollars to Microsoft to have uh, licenses for Office for everything, the every computer in the French government, they will then give uh fifty thousand dollars to or fifty to fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars to just help develop these uh these software the software that they're using within the government then which is that's a lot of money i mean i don't know how much these these products generally get like in in investment for for their products but i i would imagine that just getting a chunk of money like that would be pretty uh pretty beneficial yeah the problem with open source software on a massive scale like that is that the only way, that, so once you get big enough, you have to be able to pay developers uh, to to have like. I mean, you can still have community contributions, but you have to be able to maintain your software. And in order to and and you know to do maintenance on such a big scale, you have to be able to pay people. And the only way to do that is most of the time either through a shitload of minor donations, which doesn't really happen in open source, uh, at least not on a scale big enough, or um, a lot of communities that like a lot of comp- companies that use open source software contribute to it because they're using it and they want to make sure that it stays maintained like uh, as an example Python is, is an open source programming language and they just got a big donation from Google because Google uses Python so it's the same thing like the, the government is going to save a shitload of money and they're going to pass some of that savings on to the community in order to make sure that the software they're using keeps getting maintained right which is great I mean yeah I'm, I'm definitely in favor of all of this uh, one of the other things that they that they were talking about in this in this report or this plan was uh, and this is this has nothing to do with free software but I thought this was totally worth mentioning mentioning uh, and what they want to do is they want to set up a single point of contact with every single software company that they use uh, and set it up through the interior ministry and then everybody in the government if they need to contact the company has a way to get a hold of the co- company through one single contact instead of each brand having its own contact and its own account and everything. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's super awesome. But yeah, I I totally think this is this is a good idea and it's kind of a big fuck you to big companies like Microsoft and Oracle that want to charge you a bajillion dollars to do things that there are alternatives that can almost do as well as they can. Yeah. I mean, the, so people people buy the big products because of the amount of support available, but if for, for stuff like Office, like who gives a fuck what version of Office you're running? The only reason it's the only reason it's relevant is because there's a standard. But if LibreOffice has gotten to the point where it's sort of good enough for you know 90% of use cases, then if you're if the entire government is using the same version of the open source software anyway, then if it's even if it's not compatible with Word, it's still going to be compatible with the other guy in the other office because it's the same program. Right. Um, and on top of that, they're gonna so even if they were to give 10% away, and even if they were to keep another 50 that's a still a 40% reduction that they, that can go back to reduce taxes because it doesn't cost as much to run the government anymore. Right. Okay, next story. Can a flashy new redesign make MySpace cool again? No. No, it can't, but it's a really cool design. <laughs> It, yeah, so MySpace was the super awesome. MySpace was Facebook before Facebook. Exactly. So it's like hipster Facebook, <laughs> except for not even. Um, and but uh, it got a little bit of a resurgence after it lost a lot of popularity. Facebook um, when uh, Justin Timberlake came in as a uh, as an investor, and they started focusing it more on music. But it never really got super popular again. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but uh, now they're redesigning MySpace 
so that it isn't the god awful mess that it was back in the day. And and it's actually it does well. Somebody said this recently. It doesn't look like GeoCities vomited all over the internet. Yeah, it, so it, it looks really, really good. It's it's a super neat and clean UI. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see what it looks like, uh, you can go to new.myspace.com and there's a video there that shows you what it looks like, and it's it it looks pretty slick. I probably still won't use it because it's still like music focused, and I don't have anything to do with music, but uh, it it looks pretty. Yeah, I mean, it. My hope is that it sort of takes. A- away some user share from Facebook again. Um, I don't know that that's actually going to happen, but I think if it's going to happen ever at all, this is the way it's going to happen. Like, completely revamp the site and make the interface look insanely good, and it's, like, revolutionarily good. And it's it's definitely going to take some users away from Facebook, and if it takes enough, then that starts the ball rolling and you have a mass exodus and everybody switches because everybody they know switched. Um, and, I mean, social networking, social networks are only as strong as their user base, and and if MySpace and Facebook are strict, strict competitors the way that Twitter and Facebook aren't because they're so different, then it could definitely fuck up Facebook's user base. Yeah. I totally agree. Apple products account for 14% of all crime in New York City. Now, this didn't actually impact me. Uh, at first, what, how, how significant this was until I real, and then I realized that it's 14% of all crime in New York. Jesus Christ. Not just like all theft, which is what I thought at first when it, when I read it, it's, it's all, all crime. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's that's, insane. And and it, it 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 makes sense now because every morning uh, on the subway I'll see uh, these ads now that say stuff like "Don't be an idiot," basically because you don't you you know be pay attention to your to your products and make sure that people aren't aren't gonna steal your your iPhone or your iPad or whatever. And so because because of this statistic, I, I make a lot more sense why that kind of crap is up all over the place. Well, that kind of cut crap is up all over the place because the NYPD and Michael Bloomberg are all insane and they want you well, to fear for your lives when you do anything in public but um it is interesting like it phones are one of those things that you, even though they should be traceable but you have to care a lot in order to actually trace it and so you know everybody's carrying around a 500 hundred dollar computer in their pocket and if you have it out it's you know you can easily grab it and grab it and run and then you know resell it to somebody else or even keep right it. yeah yeah, and you know it, it doesn't help that that Apple has this weird marketing strategy of not having enough supply to meet demand. So everybody's constantly like, "Oh my God, I got to stand in line to get the new thing." Yeah, from the thing. And so now you know you, you're walking through the subway and you see somebody that's just kind of not really paying attention, totally hanging onto their iPad not very well, and you can totally run past and grab it. Why not go grab that thing? You know you can sell it to a pawn shop or whatever for a quarter of what it's worth and still get a pretty penny out of it. Yeah. Go Apple. And speaking of other awesome devices, <laughs> long distance smartphone enabled pleasuring devices. Yep, that's right. We live in the future, you guys. Well, this teledildonics is not a new idea. No, but it's now... Since, uh, since people started sending information over wires, I'm sure some lonely nerd was trying to figure out a way to have sex through it. Yeah, well, now now he can for the low, low price of $95. Or $50 for uh, one end of the teledildonics experience. Well, what's the point of not having a pair? Well, you get one, and then you go on eHarmony, and then be like, hey, here's my... <laughs> frequency or you just like hope for the best on chat roulette <laughs> uh 
okay, so and what I'm this project is some really weird stuff going on with like random hookups through this thing. Oh yeah, it. Uh... Yeah. It's like <laughs> with now that FaceTime you've, now you've completed, you can see what your partner looks like. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Nobody wants to see that face. <laughs> well, so uh, uh, the 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 product is called Love Pals with a Z, and. Uh, I, okay, I'm just gonna read you what uh, what the, uh, the the description is from Geekology because it's so freaking awesome. Bursting in laughter. <laughs> okay, here's how it works. The guy sticks his wing ding in the tube and it sends a si- signal to the in and out action dildo that the lady has pressed against her zing zang, replicating the same speed that the dude is using the tube to masturbate with, which more than likely will be supersonic. <laughs> Well, but, and it goes beyond that. I, I watched the video explaining the whole thing and, uh, it's actually the, so, so there's like the, the speed slash motion sensor on, on the dude side to, to send to the, uh, the chick side, but then the chick side has a pressure sensor in it so that they can send that information back to the dude side. And then there's like air pockets in there that, so it can fill it up to make the pressure inside the dude side the same as it is on the chick side. And the devices themselves are called Zeus for male and Hera for female. I want to go work for this company. <laughs> tester? Sure, we'll go with that. And that's how I lost my penis. <laughs> <laughs> there was a glitch. Yeah, no shit, jackass. <laughs> yeah, I do not want to be a uh, an a early penis. adopter of this kind of test of this kind of uh, product. Think about it, dude. This this totally gives you the ability to have sex with yourself. That, ah! that was the funniest part of this article. I'd do me. <laughs> you just need two phones and, and you're in business. This is how robot babies are made. <laughs> That's just that's just too entertaining. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that plus FaceTime, like what they're depicting in the picture? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that would be I think that would make it a little awkward. Er. Uh, yeah, er. <laughs> Uh, okay. Do phones need to come with chargers these days? Depends on what your connector is. The, uh, Apple, uh, cause you just changed your fucking cord, you douchebags. I mean, and it's still non-standard. Yeah, I'm a little pissed about that. Well, what the, uh, what, where, where this dialogue came from was, uh, uh, O2, which is a carrier in the UK, uh, just recently announced that they're the new HTC handset that they're gonna start selling soon is gonna come without a charger because it's not really needed. I mean, uh, think about like uh, right now, how many uh, plugs, like electrical plugs to converters to USB cable do you have right now? I know I have like four or five of them. I have three. Yeah. So you obviously don't need that part anymore. So what you really need is the USB to your phone adapter. And if most phones use, what is it, micro USB? Yeah. Then you need one cord for the micro USB and you're done unless you're getting Apple and then you need the handy dandy special super secret iphone connector yeah but uh i think it's i think it's an interesting idea um and it's not like it you can't buy the charger anymore anywhere anyways it's just not gonna be free yeah it's separate yeah i mean if this drops the price of phones i think it's a pretty good idea because like you said i'm i don't want another one of these things like i've got so damn many of them that i i don't know what to do with them like i got i got one for my wi-fi hotspot and i got one for my kindle and i got one for my phone and i got one for my other phone that i don't have anymore and like i've had i've gone through like two or three phones 
those now that all had the same connector, and I've I got all my, those cables and adapters laying around. I find myself just stashing them places, like two in the car, one in the office, one in the bedroom, one at work. Right. Well, then on top of the fact that they're all they all have USB as the other end, that yeah. like it's a data cable and another thing, so you can just plug it into a computer to charge it. Well, I mean, you don't even really need the thing at all. The the USB part, like I have so many of them that I'm not even using that it, they're just like laying laying all over the place. Like I don't even need to keep one at work because I just keep the cable and I leave the cable plugged into my monitor if I actually need to use it. And yeah. uh, well, I actually what? just this weekend I set up a really boss charging station uh, for my house so that I for my apartment so I can plug everything in. Um, but I, I don't really know how to describe it. Maybe I'll blog it in time to send you a link before for the show notes. Okay. One of the coolest thing I found was that you can get house plugs now that still have your two standard plugs but then also have two USB. Yeah, and that's really cool. Every single one of them like this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes indeed. All right. German Parliament bans laptops. Pirate Party shows up with typewriter. Nice. <laughs> I, I so I don't think that I agree with the Pirate Party's politics too much, but I really like that they're basically fuck. They're just like the system is stupid, so we're just gonna fuck with it every any way we can. Complete with completely within all laws, though. Yep. Yeah. Well, it actually reminds me of um at, at work a couple of weeks ago, somebody started doing character alignments like for the for the for everybody in the company as if we were D and D characters. <laughs> And uh, somebody's aligned me as lawful evil, and the more I think about it, the more I think they're right, which is probably why I like this so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny because uh, this this ban got got proposed, and uh, it, it's uh, uh, two two members of the pirate party brought in uh, typewriters in in protest, and uh, and then somebody else was like was like, hey, uh, by the way, since you're doing this ban, so we can't have laptops, uh, Parliament should totally pay for everyone to get. T- tablet computers so that we can still have uh, use of note-taking equipment without the clickety-clack of keyboards, which is the original reason why they wanted to ban uh, laptops. Yeah, that's interesting and stupid. Yeah, totally. And this week's epic fail... This is so funny. Yeah. So a British man was jailed for 18 months for accidentally sending an explicit text message to his entire address book. The 24-year-old swimming coach intended to send a text message to his girlfriend asking for sex. Instead, the message was accidentally sent to his entire BlackBerry address book, including two girls aged 13 and 14 from his swimming class. He was subsequently arrested and charged with causing or inciting a child to engage in sexual activity and incredibly jailed for 18 months. Uh, yesterday, an appeals court freed Evans, although he wasn't cleared. The sentence was merely reduced to a nine-month suspended jail term. I think that this is hilarious, but this really fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was very clearly an accident, because no one in their right mind would accidentally text, would intentionally text their mom asking for sex. Yeah, their entire fucking right. address book. <laughs> yeah, their entire address book. Like, all of their coworkers, their boss, their parents, their aunt and uncle, like, everybody. There's and, an 18 months. Whoopsie. Yeah, like, it was very obviously an accident, but because people are so insane about child protection when it comes to sex stuff, they're, like, completely yeah. irrational. Like, uh, 
I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but in Miami, I think it is, where if you're a sex offender, you're basically forced to live under a bridge because of yeah. all of the insane zoning laws that are involved around being uh, around restricting access to stuff from se- for sex offenders. Yeah. So the only place you can live, you can actually live and not violate that is under literally under a bridge. Like, this guy could get put on a list that will fuck him up for years because he accidentally sent one message to too many people. Well, That's they need, insane. They, they need to get fucking, okay, uh, like, sex offender is, okay, you know what it is, but it encompasses a ridiculous amount of shit. You can be a sex offender if you're 18 and have sex with your 17-year-old girlfriend and get arrested for it. I'm pretty, and, sure, that, I'm pretty sure that in some states you can be registered as a sex offender for getting caught urinating in public. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Like, they instantly think that you, you know, fondled little boys and it's like, nope, in all honesty, I was shit-faced and peed up against a building and somebody saw me. Right. Yeah. It just... That's shitty. The, the thing is, like, in order to say that this is all insane, you have... You you just immediately get marked as a person who defends pedophiles, which is obviously not what you're doing. Such bullshit. But it's... People will pull that trigger so quickly that it's, like, impossible to defend yourself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're, like, you're a pedophile because you think that these laws are crazy, when it's pretty obvious that they actually are crazy, but yep. everybody's afraid to admit it. Yeah, but, dude, you are a pedophile. Well, that's true, but these are <laughs> crazy laws. <laughs> that's right. You heard it here first on What's the Rumpus? Chuck's a pedophile. Yeah, I totally agree. It's 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 kind of bullshit. All right, it's total bullshit, but it's still so damn funny. Truth. <laughs> so you get for using BB uh, BBM. What's BlackBerry Messenger service BBM. called? Yeah. yeah, yeah, asshole. Big bowel movement. <laughs> uh... And this week's Oh Asia, you so crazy. Kazuhiro Watanabe this is has, nuts. <laughs> the, has the tallest mohawk in the world. It is currently 3 feet 8.6 inches, and he revealed it at uh, a press event in New York recently. <laughs> uh, it took him 15 years to grow his hair out long enough to do this, and it took, excuse me, three hairstylists, three cans of hairspray, and a whole bottle of hair gel in order to get it Extended. upright. Uh, that's <laughs> insane. That's totally insane. Leave it to leave it to the Japanese this to uh, honestly looks totally to the next level. Man, I don't know. So, are you gonna try and beat him, Adrian? <laughs> no, I like my mohawk Fair as enough. it is. If you click on the the link at the bottom, the pictures are actually better. Man, I really like when they make a link a single character so that it's super easy to click on. Oh, I know it's amazing. <laughs> Best thing ever. That's just fucking insane. Yeah. I can't imagine not cutting my hair for 15 years. I, I don't like when my I hair know. is gone for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Hell, man. I uh, Ever since I started doing the mohawk, I can't go a couple of days without shaving the sides and back. Or the sides yeah. mostly. But, you know, the Wait, short you part. you mohawk now? Uh, yeah. Son of a bitch. How did I miss this? <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty awesome. The day he did it, well, the day after he did it, he came into work, and I, I sit right by the elevator, so we walked in, and I looked at him, and I was just like, uh, you missed a spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was pretty happy with that joke. <laughs> Anywho, uh, that's the rumpus. not really true.
I just ate a million pounds of sushi.